Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Good. A little less bearded, though. I did a little trim up. Yeah, it looks fresh. It looks clean. Yeah. You had to take off some of the wisdom so you can grow more. I felt like, you know, it was a bit of an issue because it's doing some traction on somebody's neck, and I'm like, (laughs) my beard is going into their eye, so I'm like... Maybe it's a little long for right now. Yeah, I think they they probably appreciate you trimming it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's for them. Yeah, obviously. Always about the patient. Patient first. Exactly. Um, all right, guys. So we're back at it again here. I think we're on to episode four, 14 or 15. Um, so today we got another student. Um, we have our man, Joe Rinaldi. Uh, he's a physiotherapy student at Drexel University. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to let him take the reins because he's pretty awesome. So, Joe, how you doing, man? Dude, I appreciate it. Dalton, Will, thanks for having me on, guys. It means a lot. Not a problem. We're excited to talk to you, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, and I want to bring this up. I'm going to get it out in the open because I might laugh once or twice to myself during this, but I talked to you about it before. The A, the Canadian A, it's going to yeah. so just be prepared. Oh, man, can't help it. Before the end, you're going to be saying A. I might. I might. I'll slip one in there. We'll rub it off. On you're you. from New Jersey, though. Like, what? What do they say? What's your thing? Uh, I don't know if we have something. I think we're probably best known for the Jersey Shore. Uh, you no. guys that? Yeah, that is not accurate. I'm going to come out. That is not accurate. But, yeah, that's what we're known for. I don't know, man. I've seen you without a shirt on <laughs> Instagram. So. <laughs> uh, all right, man. So why don't you just uh, let, let everyone know kind of a little bit of background about you, like how you've, uh, where you're at now kind of thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So – uh, I'm a PT student at Drexel University. I'm in my final year, so I'll graduate in April of 2019. I, uh, I got to Drexel. My path to Drexel is kind of like uh, maybe unconventional. I started off at Bucknell University, where I was a biology major. And after two years there, I kind of realized that like working in a lab and studying molecular biology wasn't really my thing. So, I, <laughs> so I, it was, And it was the toughest decision at that point in my life because – I loved everything about Bucknell, except for the fact that I couldn't study what I, what I really wanted. So I transferred to Rutgers, moved back home to New Jersey, and finished up there with an exercise science degree. And then, uh, and then I ended up at Drexel. And along the way, while I was at Rutgers, I worked with uh, my mentor, Chris Flores, at his business, Flow Fitness, where I did a lot of you know, sports performance and personal training uh, type stuff. And, and that kind of like really shaped who, who I am as a PT and as a personal trainer and, uh, you know, kind of carries into what I do on Instagram and with my blog and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of how I got here. So, so is the style of that, um, place, uh, what, what did you say it was called? Yeah, it's called flow fitness, F L O fitness. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. His style definitely rubbed off on me. I mean, he's yeah. big on, you know, prehab in a way. Right. You know, preventative exercise, you know, working on, you know, proper mechanics, working with a lot of young athletes and making sure that they have the fundamentals down. 
uh, before we start loading stuff and before they start really, you know, getting a lot of volume in with exercise, we really mm-hmm. drill home the fundamentals. And that was kind of something I took with me. And that's part of my philosophy now, you know, when I'm teaching patients exercises. Yeah, I feel like it's all, it's good to have a strong background in that. I think going into the PT into the PT world. Cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we, we don't get much in terms of like strength and conditioning principles, loading principles, like programming, stuff like that. So having that, that background definitely uh, pays off as you continue through like physiotherapy school. Yeah, for sure. We don't get enough of that either here in the United States, I feel like. And, and that's something I feel like needs to change about our education, but yeah, I'm lucky to have that background for sure. Yeah, man. Um, I wanted to, so obviously you mentioned you had a blog before and uh, I mean, I've read, I've read like we were just saying, I read a lot of blogs uh, over the last couple of days and uh, your first blog you ever wrote talked about how much, how mo- how about, wow, I can't, too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how you almost didn't go to grad school. So you kind of want to, you know, speak on that a little bit and uh, how it was like such a big impact on your life and how you eventually decided that grad school was the right place for you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was diagnosed when I was about 11 years old, I was diagnosed with something called best disease. And uh, it's kind of an oxymoron because it is not a good disease. It's not the best. Um, But basically what it is, is there's a central portion of your retina called the macula. And that's responsible for your central and detailed vision. So like if you're going to read something, that's the part of the retina that's doing a lot of the work. And so my macula is kind of degenerating from a young age. And so I've been kind of slowly losing vision here and there uh, since I've been 11 years old, uh, you know, different points in my life. I've been legally blind in each eye, uh, luckily, never at the same time. So I've, I've been able to cope. And um, like, as of now, you know, there's no cure for it. Uh, they're kind of treatments to help slow the progression. But, uh, you know, it's something that I've dealt with. And you know, it stopped me from, you know, playing baseball, which is the sport that I kind of loved from a young age. Um, it's caused me to struggle a little bit in school, uh, slowed me down a little bit, but it never really stopped me from doing anything I really wanted to do. And so my eyes were pretty stable going into grad the summer before grad school. And then about like literally three weeks before grad school started, you know, I had already put down a deposit on my apartment, a deposit for school, like I was ready to go. And I kind of had an episode where I lost a lot of my vision in one of my eyes. And, uh, you know, it kind of scared me. And it put a lot of doubt into my mind as to whether or not pursuing grad school, going into debt to pursue um, physical therapy was a smart move for me if my eyes might not potentially hold up. Yeah. And, you know, uh, after a lot of thinking, a lot of talking with, you know, friends, family, especially my parents, I kind of came to the realization that, you know, I can't let this stop me from pursuing anything that I want to pursue. And there shouldn't be anything in life that should stop anybody from, from chasing their goals. And it's not a mat. It's not a matter of you know what obstacles you're facing. It's just a matter of two things, in my opinion. It's your attitude about it and how hard you're going to work to overcome that. And if you work hard and have a, a good outlook and a positive attitude, like I honestly don't think that there's anything that can stop you. And um, you know the disease has has set me back a little bit at times, and uh, luckily I've been overcome. I've been able to overcome. You know everything that has been thrown in my path, but 
you know, like most importantly, like this issue with my eyes has kind of been a blessing for me because it's made me realize that, you know, it's, it's bigger than me. When I, when I put that blog out there, I realized that my struggles like really resonated with people. And, uh, you know, I saw that people were inspired by my story and it was helping people have hope for their own obstacles and giving them kind of, you know, a, a path to kind of pursue whatever they wanted and overcome their own barriers. And that just lit a fire in me to just keep going. And so I, I had no choice. I had to go to grad school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, obviously. <laughs> wow. Like that, that story, like just listening to it is like, it's deep. Like, I don't even know like really how to respond to it other than saying like, we appreciate, like we appreciate you sharing that story in general. Cause I, I can tell based on you just kind of telling us here that it was probably something that wasn't easy for you to share. Yeah. And, and once you put yourself out there and you saw the response, like you said, it set that fire underneath you and it kind of, kind of made you be like, okay, maybe I need to continue to share my stories. Right. And I think for me, like, I know I, I posted that thing with Zach on about the level up initiative last week. And that's kind of the same kind of same situation for me. I've never really spoken out about that, especially on social media. And I think now that I've done it, I feel kind of the same way where it's like, I need to share more of my own personal stories because everyone goes through their own personal thing. And even though it's not the same thing as what I'm going through or what you're going through, the principles behind it are the same and everyone needs to hear those principles. So like, I think like you can't, you can't share enough about those things. man. Yeah. A hundred percent, honestly. And, and I was going to bring that up, like reading your story real, really touched me because like, obviously what you went through, uh, you know, losing your mom to cancer, like, that's a huge blow. And the fact that, you know, you had the courage to put that out there for, for the benefit of other people, like really touched me because, you know, that's what I'm trying to do too. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty strong in my faith and I believe that everything happens for a reason, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I looked at my eyes. I tried to turn it into, you know, it's, it happened for a reason and maybe that reason was because it was meant to be a blessing for somebody else. And, you know, I think that's true for everybody who goes through struggles. And that's why I think it's so important for people to share their stories just to help other people and make other people realize like you're not alone and you can do it, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. So how is that? Like, uh, it's, it's kind of episodic then. Like it's not always, um, totally yeah. affecting you. It's, it's interesting. So, uh, it's random. I can't predict when something's going to happen. You know, there really aren't any triggers. And what will happen is kind of based on my genetics, there are kind of abnormal blood vessels that grow behind my retina that shouldn't right. be there. And every once in a while, for whatever reason, one of them will start to leak. Yeah. And the blood kind of irritates the cells of my retina because it shouldn't be where it is. And uh, those cells start to die off. And then I notice a change in my vision. And so then the course of action in the past was to get like a laser surgery, which would stop the bleeding, but that also caused a lot of scarring because they couldn't just get, you know, the blood vessels, they'd also get some good cells. So now I go for injections, which are pretty wild. Um, you know, they inject, yeah. So yeah. They, actually, they take like small doses of chemotherapy drugs and they inject it right into your eye. <laughs> and it stops the blood vessels from leaking and growing, which is kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, so, so knock on wood, I've been good throughout grad school. I haven't had another episode, but you know, I did lose some of my vision the, you know, a couple of weeks before school. So I've been, you know, I've had to deal with that 
but um, like anything, you kind of adjust. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so obviously we're, we're happy you decided to uh, go to grad school because you're doing some awesome things. <laughs> why, uh, why, do you think, why, do you, why do you think physiotherapy is a good platform for what you're trying to spread? I know you talk a lot about, um, you know, it's not necessarily physical therapy, but it's just an avenue for you to express yourself. So like, how, why do you think physical therapy is such a good avenue for that? Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, you know, I think everybody in their lifetime has experienced some sort of physical injury or setback or pain, you know, everybody's experienced that and everybody can kind of relate to the fact that when you're in physical pain or you have an injury and you can't do what you want to do, you lose some freedom and you don't feel like yourself and you're vulnerable. And so when people come to PT, they're in a very vulnerable place, whether they express that outwardly or not. And I feel like it's just such a great place to be in as a PT, to be in contact with all these people who are vulnerable and you have the opportunity to influence them and help them not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And like part of what I want to do as a PT and part of what I think you guys also want to do and what I hope our profession moves towards is not just addressing the physical, but teaching people that their bodies and minds are super resilient and that you could literally overcome anything in life. If, like I said before, you have the right attitude and the right work ethic. And as PTs or physiotherapists, I feel like we're in the perfect spot to help people do that. And that's just so rewarding, you know? Yeah. I totally get that, man. Like, and, and it's like, you have the opportunity to empower them with movement, you know, which is something that we all need and we value for our jobs and everything. And all those factors come into play as far as like your ability to do so. Right. Yeah. You're saying like the mind, the factors of the psychosocial factors, which sometimes uh, I think we kind of forget about. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I know you guys are, you know, involved with uh, Zach Gabor and the Level Up Initiative. And like, you know, that's something that I think is super powerful because I think that's a, a great platform for change, like not just within physical therapy, but just within healthcare and just within life in general. I think everybody can benefit from kind of that growth mindset that that we're trying to spread. No, yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And I think, I think once I mean, the power of social media, we, we've seen it and you can use it for good. And I think once that, that platform starts taking off, like it's already done so well with what Zach's doing, but once that starts getting out there more and it gets launched and people start realizing like a group of people that are behind it, I think it really has an opportunity to have an effect. Like I don't, we, we obviously can't predict like how big of an effect, but there's no way it's not going to create some positive change. And honestly, that's all that really matters. So it's, it's exciting to be part of that. Yeah, agreed. What was it that you talked about in your post with the level up initiative? Yeah. So basically like what I love about the level up initiative is that it kind of, aside from emphasizing like a growth mindset and human interaction skills, I think it also brings to light like how important human interaction skills are not just in PT, but for everybody. And one of the reasons I think human interaction skills play such a big role in PT is the biopsychosocial model. And like, I really strongly believe we don't get enough of that in school and that our profession in general just doesn't embrace it like we should. Um, and for those of you guys listening that aren't familiar with the biopsychosocial model, uh, you know, in, in its most simplest sense, 
it's kind of a model for looking at the patient through the lens of their biology, their psychology, and their sociology. So the social factors that influence them, the psychological factors that influence them, and also the biological factors. And I think in school, we get a lot of the bio part of the biopsychosocial. You know, we get the anatomy, the neuro, the cardiopalm, all that stuff. And that's super important because you need to be strong in those areas to be a, a physiotherapist or physical therapist. But I feel like we just brush the surface with the, you know, psychosocial aspect of treatment. And I feel like that's a disservice to, to us and all of our patients. I agree. I'm interested to hear, like, um, I know, like, there is a lot of resistance, like, when we talk about it in class as far as, like, okay, are we stepping into the boundaries of psychology or whatever it is? Um, do you find you get some of the same resistance just kind of talking to your classmates or hearing what some of the professors are saying? Yeah. I mean, so in my program specifically, I feel like everybody in my class is pretty open-minded and progressive and um, we don't talk about it a whole lot, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's um, more of something that it's kind of just understood between us and our professors that, you know, they're going to teach us what we need to know the basics. And if there's room for other stuff, you know, we'll talk about it. And we've gotten lucky, um, especially in our orthopedic spine class, our professor addressed, you know, with low back pain and chronic low back pain, like we address that there's a huge psychosocial um, impact and, and we talk about that. But at the same time, we don't go into depth right. about, okay, how do you address it now? We kind of just acknowledge it. And that's where it stops. Yeah, and I feel like we need to go way beyond that. Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's, that's what we get to. I think, I mean, you can look at it in a positive way, right? Like it's starting to be talked about, talked about way more, you know, it's, it's a conversation that's being had, which I think is the start. Um, and I think, you know, education always seems to lag behind what's actually going on in the real world. Um, so I think, you know, platforms like social media, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blogs, podcasts, like those can be used as avenues to get that information out to people right away. And, you know, I mean like evidence-based stuff, right? Some people, you have to be careful what you're listening to. You have to kind of audit what people are saying, but the fact that we can even have this conversation and talk about it is, is we're already, it's, you're already winning, right? So it's already spreading more information. So I think it's, it's going to get better. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, you know, like if you guys have time, like I'd love to throw an idea at you from an in-service that I'm going to do for my clinical. Uh, is that cool with you guys? Yeah. 100% cool with yeah. us, man. Okay. All right. So my in-service is going to be on like the neuroscience of pain and how to incorporate, you know, pain education, like into the biopsychosocial framework when we're talking with patients. Yeah. So the analogy that I kind of use is a child falling and like scraping their knee, Right. So if, you know, there's a kid and he falls, he scrapes his knee, he's in pain, he starts to cry, he's fixated on his knee. What does the parent do? The parent comes over and probably does, you know, some order of these three things. They come over and they reassure the child. They say, listen, it's okay. They come over, they place a bandage on the scrape or they clean it out. You know, they address the wound, the physical wound. And then third, they redirect the child's attention. You know, they try to get them to play. Maybe they bribe them with candy or something positive. And so my analogy is kind of like, we need to do that with our patients. You know, a patient might, you know, come in in pain. They may or may not be crying like the child who knows, <laughs> and they come to seek help. And so as a PT, like we need to take a lesson from parents, you know, it's not scientific what parents do, but 
their innate response to a child in pain is, you know, in my opinion, like really covers the biopsychosocial model. So, you know, the parent comes over and reassures the child, okay, we need to reassure the patient that it's okay. We can do that through active listening, using reassuring language, you know, welcoming body language, being confident in our explanation. And by reassuring either the child or the patient, we let them know that their body integrity isn't threatened and that there's no immediate danger and that they can kind of relax a little bit about the pain. So that's one, we reassure. Two, the parent comes over, cleans out the wound, you know, puts a Band-Aid on it, okay? So as a PT, we need to come over, we need to examine the patient and what they're complaining about. We need to do a thorough exam and really listen to them. And, you know, by either putting that bandage on the wound or doing a thorough exam, we're attending to what the patient or the child is concerned about, and it shows them we're taking them seriously and that we're not downplaying or, like, invalidating their pain. And so by attending to whatever the patient or the child is scared about, we're not allowing room for the possibility that we missed something, you Mm -hmm. know? So we're not leaving any doubt in their mind that we didn't already check out what they're complaining about. And then so third, parent comes over, redirects the child's attention, you know, gives them candy, plays with them, whatever. As PTs, we need to also redirect the patient's attention away from the pain and start, you know, with, you know, focus on the positive come up with a game plan and tell them that you're in it with them and you're going to work together. Find an avenue for pain relief, you know, get them out of a little bit pain if you can on the first visit, introduce graded exposure and begin with non-painful movement. And by redirecting their attention and helping them associate movement with no pain or with less pain, you can start down the path of, you know, graded exposure and get them back towards, you know, a pain-free movement profile. And I think like that, in in a general sense, like we need to do more of that. Yeah. We need to address the bio cycle and the social, right? Man, we're just gonna we're just gonna let a little pause, just <laughs> let everyone soak that in. <laughs> Man, yeah. it's so true. Like you were touching on um the uh the worry thing, right? And patients come in a lot of times they have they have worries. I read uh, a paper, I can't remember who the author was, but uh they were talking about uh, children post-surgical and predictors of their outcomes and mm-hmm. the biggest predictor of a poor outcome mm-hmm. was how worried the child's mother was and if the <laughs> child was more or if the mother was extremely worried about the patient the, the child then they tended to have a poor outcome that's nuts a microcosm of like what you're talking about right yeah, that's a perfect example. I mean, it's crazy how much something like that can influence an outcome. Um, and, and it just, it speaks to the biopsychosocial model and validates it so well. I mean, that's awesome. You might, I need you to send me that actually after this. Oh, man, I got to go find it. I can't remember. I feel like it was Pierre O'Sullivan, but okay. I can't remember. I'll try to find it and send it to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll look forward to it. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's kind of do a little transition here. So we started a new, uh, segment on our show called how you brew it. And we ask our guests what kind of coffee they're drinking and how they go about brewing it. So let's hear what Joe Rinaldi's got in his cup. So I love coffee, but I have to admit, I am a, uh, a Keurig guy. That's so n- nothing fancy. I'm looking into, you know, getting a filter and starting to brew stuff my own coffee, grind the beans and everything. But for now, I'm just drinking some Newman's Own uh, medium roast. Nice. Uh, you know, I'm a simple guy. Hey, we, we don't judge, man. Coffee's coffee. 
I have like a bit of like a quote. I know you like quotes. So I'm going to hit you up with a quote. Love quotes. All coffee is good coffee. (laughs) Dumb coffee is great coffee. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I'm probably going to regret this cup of coffee at 7.30 at night, but uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, man, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Um, So the next question we kind of had for you is – what kind of what kind of influenced you to start your your Instagram page um, and spreading information about you know physical therapy and, and exercise in general? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, I worked at a facility called Flow Fitness, and my mentor and the owner of that facility, Chris Flores, was kind of the one who encouraged me to start an Instagram account uh, for my personal training and the sports performance coaching, and I was pretty reluctant at first. Uh, mainly because I was just afraid to put myself out there. I didn't really have a direction. I didn't really know what I wanted to put out there. So I started that. Uh, I was probably a junior in college, and it was pretty sporadic. I put out some exercise uh, stuff like that every once in a while. And uh, I don't know when it clicked for me, but at some point, I think I met – I'm trying to think. It was around the time when I met Zach on Instagram, actually. And uh, something about seeing Zach and his passion for a PT and just the exposure that he had on Instagram and the influence that he had uh, really kind of like lit a fire under me. So I started getting some positive feedback. Uh, I started putting out more content and the more consistent I was with putting out stuff, the more people I met, the more positive responses I was getting. And it was kind of like a positive feedback loop. And I just saw that, you know, people were messaging me like, Hey, thanks for that exercise. It really helped me. Or, you know, hey, thanks for that post. Like, I needed to hear that today. And even if it's just one person out of probably like the thousands of people that'll see a post, even if one person reaches out to me and said it helps them even remotely, it's totally worth it in my opinion. And like now that I've, you know, got people who I've made connections with, I've built relationships with, and people who follow me and in in ways look to me for either exercises or words of encouragement, like, I can't, you know, I have no choice but to keep going. Like, I can't stop. Um, and, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, it's the motivation and the push that I need to keep going, keep being consistent, uh, to push out new and better content. And it just helps me grow. And I'm glad that I can help other people in the process, you know? Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I totally agree with, like, just as long as you have one person that's that's taken in your content and in, in you're having a positive impact on them. It's so worth it. Cause I think we sit in the same position. Um, and the other thing on top of it is just the connections that we've made through starting our, starting our Instagram page. And now the podcast um, it's crazy. Like th- just having this conversation, like every conversation that we've had so far is just, is because we started our social media and, and the, the amount of knowledge and perspectives that we're getting from, from other people that are in the same field and that are even not in the field of physical therapy is, is crazy. And there's so much value out there um, just by stepping out of your comfort zone and just doing something that you're kind of scared of. You see how much of an impact it can have on your development. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Like you touched on it. Like my favorite part about Instagram and social media in general, has just been the connections I've been able to make. You know, I've met some, like, so many amazing people, like, including you guys. Like, this wouldn't be happening. Like, I wouldn't know you guys if I didn't have an Instagram. And, like, I feel like, you know, the conversation that we've had, you know, before we started recording and even now, like, this is something that's, like, special. And I think, like, 
without Instagram and without these relationships, like I wouldn't be able to spread uh, my positive messages or express my thoughts or grow as, as a PT, like to the, like one tenth of the degree that I have, like it just helped me so much in that way. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Totally, totally agree, man. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's interesting. Like you said, like at first, you know, you didn't have as much of a, uh, of clear vision and then you kind of get started. And, And I think like as a physio, right, like you, you should get into the profession to just help people. Right. And like, when you get that message of somebody being like, man, your exercise helped, it it feels amazing. And you're like, I have no choice, but to, but to keep putting that content out, you know, pushing that positivity. One of the best feelings in the world. I mean, like I I had a patient the other day who had an MRI, he had a, a herniated disc and he had the MRI like three weeks ago and he hadn't exercised at all because he was just afraid to move. And like, he yeah. was miserable and he was an active guy before that. And literally all I did was talk to him for 15 minutes and explain to him that he doesn't need to be afraid and that we'll work together and we'll find things that don't, you know, irritate him and, you know, we'll progress back to what he wants to get to. And like, you know, we did some exercises and I'd never seen someone go from so upset to so happy in like the span of 10 minutes with just a conversation. And it was just like a great feeling, you know? It's man, powerful, it's man. It's about words. They're powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. So we know, uh, we know you have a really good blog. Has that, has that been something that you've always been um, passionate about? Like, have you always been passionate about writing and is it something that you, you've uh, wanted to continue to uh, get out there for people? Yeah. So Actually, no. I, um, as a child, I hated writing. I was like a math and science kid. I could not stand English class. I always thought I was like a mediocre writer. Uh, and then when I started working with uh, Chris Flores at his place, Flow Fitness, you know, he had a blog on his website and he encouraged me to kind of write for him and he gave me a platform to kind of write. And at the time, you know, I didn't really have a clear direction of what I want to write about. It was kind of like a mishmash of things. Uh, just, you know, whatever I felt like writing about, you know, exercise stuff. And uh, I kind of grew my writing ability through there. And then I kind of started keeping a journal near the end of undergrad and the beginning of grad school. And, you know, I just write down some thoughts from each day. And I realized that like writing was kind of therapeutic for me. And it really helped me to like solidify what I was thinking in my head, because, you know, all day long, you have thoughts that are bouncing around, you know, coming in and out of your mind. And once, until you like really put them all down in one place, it's hard to really organize them. So like, I found that really helpful. And then I started realizing like, oh yeah, like all this stuff I'm thinking about, like when I organize it, I feel like other people might be interested and like more importantly, other people, you know, might benefit from it. And so that first post about my eyes and, you know, second guessing whether or not I should go to grad school, that was kind of like me putting myself out there. And that I got was like overwhelming like I mean like people I hadn't talked to in like five six years like reached out to me said like I inspired them like gave me words of encouragement like told me to keep it up and like that's kind of when I realized and people told me I was a good writer which honestly I never thought I was so um, between all that I was like wow I guess I got to keep putting stuff out there because like it obviously touched people and um, from there it kind of just took off you know it kind of went from originally being, it was going to be focused on my PT school career and physical therapy. 
And, uh, you know, I still write every now and then about physical therapy specifically, but it's kind of evolved over the past. I mean, it hasn't even been a year, you know, it's been like seven, eight months, but over the past eight months, it's kind of evolved into more of like a, um, a mindset, you know, um, person, personal story, like self-improvement type blog. And, uh, ultimately in my life, like, you know, I think my, my ultimate goal in life, um, you know, obviously I'm pursuing physical therapy, but you know, I don't, I can't define myself as a physical therapist. You know, if I have to define myself, like it's Joe Rinaldi, like the person, the human being. And I think that's, that's like an important thing for everybody to realize, like what you do in this life, like your profession, your career, like what other people say about you, like none of that defines you. It's all about you, how you define yourself and how you live each day. And like what I want to do, my goal in life is to like literally go through life and improve the life of every single person that I cross paths with, like whether or not it's in a big way or small way. Like if I could make someone smile, if I could hold a door for somebody and make their life just a little bit easier, like I'm all about that. And like, that's how I define myself, like just making people's lives better in any way I can. And so like, that's kind of what the blog has evolved into. And, um, you know, like that's the message I want to spread through, through my PT career, through my human interactions every single day on the street, no matter where it is or who it's with, you know, through my blog, through my Instagram, like that's kind of what I want to preach, you know, to whoever will listen. I love that, man. It fires me up so much. (laughs) It's awesome because you can tell, like, you can tell through the writing that it's truly what you, like, you believe in that it's truly, like, authentic and I think that's that's the most powerful thing about it and and also like it's very obviously very well written and you tell like a really good story in your blogs and that's something that's like kind of brought me to it um but the message behind it man is just it's powerful and it's authentic and I think you can't go wrong with those two things mm-hmm. um and like I like I said I just appreciate you putting yourself out there it's it's motivating me to continue to do what I'm doing and push push myself to put myself out there more so it's working man Dude, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm, I'm glad uh, to hear you think that it's working. It means a lot to me, eh? Yeah. Oh, was that not the proper use? Was that not the proper <laughs> no, use? that was good. You're good. That was good. I don't know what the, like, proper use of it is. It just kind of comes out. This comes out, yeah? Okay. <laughs> okay. I might start using that now. I like it. <laughs> um, so, go ahead. What was your most recent blog post about then? Yeah, perfect. Um, so, I literally, when we were recording this today, I... <laughs> I put this blog post out and to date, I would say this is probably the most um, important message to me that, that I've ever heard in my entire life and that I will ever share with other people, you know, until this point in my life, it might change, who knows, but the message is, you know, be the reason someone smiles today. You know, that's a quote that I have hanging above my door. You know, when I set an alarm for the morning, sometimes that's the quote that wakes me up in the morning. And it's so powerful to me because, you know, you never realize how important a smile could be until you hear somebody else's story. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was in, I believe I was in maybe a freshman in high school, we had an assembly and the speaker came in and, you know, he told us this story about, you know, a man in California walked to the Golden Gate Bridge and committed suicide. He jumped off the bridge. And when they went to his apartment to, to, you know, investigate, they found a note that he left on his nightstand. And he said, if one person smiles on me, at me on my walk to the bridge, and it was like a two or three mile walk, he said, if one person smiles at me, I won't jump. And he walked to the bridge 
two, three miles, you know, in rush hour. And he probably passed thousands of people. Not one person even gave him, you know, the slightest smile and he took his life. And it just like really resonated with me, like how powerful a smile is. And like, it doesn't take much, you know, you could tell a joke, you could flash a smile at somebody, you can hold a door, do something nice, send a nice text message, whatever it is, if you can make somebody smile, I feel like you did your job for the day and the world would be such a better place. And uh, it's something I really try to live my life by. And I feel like as, you know, PTs and physiotherapists, like we have that opportunity every single time we interact with a patient, you know, ask them something that they're passionate about, ask them how their weekend was, you know, be positive with them. And, you know, you might make someone's day and who knows, you might even save a life. And like, that's just like a message that I want everybody to hear. Man, I love that so much. I think <laughs> the cool thing is too, is it takes no skill. Like for me, like still a student, I feel like a lot of my, I think Dalton would agree and probably a lot of students would agree. My assessments are freaking awkward, you know, like <laughs> not my assessments are not amazing. They're just not like I've hardly been practicing, right? Like just getting yeah. started. But what I can do is what you just said, right? Like, yeah. Try to at least provide them some value, and and that's a way you can be really positive, and and that might help them a lot, right? And in the meantime, you're working on your ability to actually be a good, person, right? Yeah, no, I mean you yeah. said it well. Like it takes no skill. And, uh, you know, one of the excerpts from my blog was, you know, I was going to church, you know, like a couple weeks ago uh, and we pulled into the parking lot. It was raining. It was cold. Like, you know, I was kind of in a daze in the car. Like I was, you know, in a whatever mood, like a blah mood. And this guy in the pouring rain in a yellow neon trench coat is like jumping around, dancing directly. <laughs> and it put a smile on my face and like literally it changed the day for me. Like yeah. I was so happy. And it showed me like, it really hit me like no job is too small. No task is like too menial to do with enthusiasm and passion. Cause it might just, you know, change someone's day and you might not even know. It's epic, man. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, we're going to, we got two more questions for you. Wrap it up. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So first one is who are you following or some like a book that you're reading or a podcast, whatever it is that, that you don't think other people are really aware of and you'd want them to be more aware of. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say the person that I'm following that I think people should be more aware of is, uh, Zach Gabor. So I, you, I know you guys follow him. So his handle on Instagram is a simple strength physio. And, uh, he also runs an account called the level up initiative. And, uh, Zach is just an incredibly motivating, passionate guy who truly wants the best for the profession of physical therapy. And he, he truly shares the vision that I have. And I know that you guys have that he wants to make everybody better, whether or not they're a patient of his, whether they're a physical therapist or whether they're just a regular person. Um, so he's really inspiring. He's a great teacher and a leader. Uh, so I'd say if you're not following Zach, go follow him, check him out. And uh, I would say the book that I would recommend is actually a book that Zach had recommended to me and it's called uh, the growth mindset. Um, and actually hold on one second. It's right here. Oh, he's going to so, go find it. Can you, can you mail no, it? No, it's not called, okay. It's not called the growth mindset. <laughs> it's, it's called, it's called mindset. The new psychology of success by Carol Dweck. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah. I would highly recommend it. 
to anybody, not just yeah. PT. Adding it to the list. I like yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> I like that you actually had the book there. Yeah, yeah I was uh, I was reading it before you guys uh, called me. I'm uh, I'm like three quarters of the way through on my second second way through. Already read it once. Oh boy, finishing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Let's not get crazy, eh? <laughs> hey, yeah, that was <laughs> good. That was better. That was yeah. better. That was man, more I smooth. almost missed it. Yeah, that was more smooth. <laughs> Practically thought you were Canadian there. I just kind of was oh, like, man. I didn't even think about it until you pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the final question we'd like to ask everyone um, is if you could go back. Well, you haven't graduated yet. But if you could just offer anyone one piece of advice, what would it be? Anyone in uh, PT school? I mean, sure, PT school. But I feel like it, it, can, be, it can be anyone. Any, any piece of advice that you would offer – that, you know, you're, you're a pretty motivational guy. So I think you got something that you could offer everyone. Yeah. Uh, so in, in addition to, you know, the motto of be the reason someone smiles today, I would say try to live your life. And I have to credit this to Inky Johnson. He's an incredible motivational speaker. Um, one of my, you know, role models I look up to. But um, he has a quote where he says, leave every place better than you found it. And I feel like whether that's, you know, Walking down the street, seeing a piece of garbage, you pick it up, put it in the trash. You left that place better than you found it. You know, whether it's holding a door for somebody, you know, helping somebody do something that they need help with, whatever it is, just wherever you go, leave it even just a little bit better than you found it. And the world will be a great place and you'll reap the rewards because people will notice. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. That's it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. We, uh, we appreciate it, man. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you putting yourself out there. We appreciate you being authentic in this conversation and man, just keep doing what you're doing. Cause you're, you're inspiring people. Like, like you said, one person is all you need. So if you keep, keep doing it, man, we're, you're inspiring us. So keep going. We'll always be, we'll always be here, man. Dude, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed talking and, uh, you know, we'll have to do this again soon. All right. Talk to you, man. All right. Bye. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 15 with Joe Rinaldi. Joe is a motivator. Joe is a physiotherapy student and just an all-around good guy. We're so thankful to have him on the show. He dropped a lot of knowledge, guys. Um, if you guys want to find out more about Joe, head over to his Instagram, at Joe underscore Flow Fit. And if you guys want more on his blog, which I highly recommend you go over and check out, he writes really awesome content that... I guarantee you, you'll take something away from his writing. Um, you can follow, you can check out his blog at joerinaldi.blog. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. If you want to find us, you know you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the MVMT PTs. Um, head over to iTunes and play music to listen to this episode. And guys, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave us a review. Um, it helps move us up the charts on iTunes and helps get our voice out to more people. And it just kind of gives us a good idea of what you guys like about the show, what you don't like. Uh, we we want to hear your feedback. We want you guys to engage. Uh, so that's all we got for today, guys. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to hearing from you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace.